Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to Shape the Culture's weekly message, where every week we aim to deliver a creative, authentic, inspiring message, empowering you, motivating you to believe in yourself, to use that belief in yourself to learn and grow each and every day as we aim to become better people, become better at our craft, and really achieve the victory that's outside there waiting for us all. So thank you for tuning in. However you found your way here, I'm so grateful that you're tuning in, that you're listening. I hope that you hear something that really sets you on fire, that really motivates you throughout the week, throughout your life, gives you something to share. We follow follow the model of each one, teach one. So my hope is that as you're listening to this message, as you're meditating on this message, you hear something, you learn something that really sparks an interest inside of you and makes you want to reach out and share it to other people so we can continue this movement of Shape the Culture. If you're a first-time listener, I just want to say thank you so much for tuning in. Thank you for being here. Thank you for giving us a chance. I really appreciate it. I appreciate your time. I hope that you continue to listen, that you subscribe on Apple Podcasts or your favorite podcast provider. You can also visit us at shapetheculture.org. If you're a continuing listener, thank you so much for continuing to tune in. I hope that you continue to enjoy your time as you listen to these messages, as we learn and grow on this journey together. And this week, we're going to hop right back into our series titled Four Dreamers Only. So we are continuing our series titled Four Dreamers Only. Um, And then this series is taking us in depth of the story of Joseph as we learn to navigate our path, as we seek to make our dreams come true. And I spoke about it last week, how it's my belief that internally, I I believe we're all dreamers. I believe everybody has a dream of their own. It doesn't matter how big or how small that dream is. It's still a dream. And I think one thing that's important for us to recognize, speaking on, you know, small dreams and big dreams, is that Sometimes we don't even realize how big our dream is. Like our dream might seem small to us or it might seem like this is just something I want to do for me, but your dream is for everybody. And that's something that I think over time, as we learn and grow, we begin to recognize that our dream is for everybody because on the path to achieving our dream, we set an example for others to follow in their footsteps as well. And so last week we started with the beginning of Joseph's story. As when he first started having his dreams, he was sharing him, sharing them with his family. We saw the opposition that they gave him. And so we, we saw as he stood up against his family who didn't believe in his dreams, this showed us the importance of protecting our dreams. Because like I said, no matter how big or how small you perceive your dream to be, you have to protect it. You have to hold on to it because it's for you. And ultimately, it's going to be for others. We have to be willing to hold our dream close through the doubt and disbelief of others because there will never be a time where everybody believes in your dreams. And that's just the truth. And it's okay because our only responsibility is to keep walking towards our dreams no matter what. So this week, we're going to continue to move forward and we're going to look at the plot of Joseph's Joseph's brothers to first murder him and then deciding to tell to sell him into slavery. So I'm going to continue to read from Genesis chapter 27. Um, and I'm going to, this week I may be reading verses 25 through 37. But I want to give you some background because I'm not going to read the whole story of Joseph and his brothers because it's long. But his brothers were out working in a field. 
And Joseph's, Joseph's father, Jacob, told him, go and meet your brothers in the field, deliver this message, help them out, you know, go and join them. They're your brothers. And so when they saw Joseph coming, you know, remember they had this hate in their hearts because one, he was so loved by his father and he had these dreams where he saw them bowing down to him and they didn't understand what that meant. They thought that he was being arrogant. And so, you know, they're debating amongst themselves what to do. And so we're going to read what happens when they finally decide what to do with their brother and the outcome of that. And the reading goes like this. Then they sat down to eat their supper. Looking up, they they are Joseph's brothers. They saw a, ca- a caravan of Ishlamites on their way from Gilead, their camels loaded with spices, ointments, and perfumes to sell in Egypt. Judah said, brothers, what are we going to get out of killing our brother and concealing the evidence? Let's sell him to the Ishmaelites, but let's not kill him. He is, after all, our brother, our own flesh and blood. His brothers agreed. By that time, the Midianite traders were passing by. His brothers pulled Joseph out of the cistern and sold him for 20 pieces of silver to the Ishmaelites, who took Joseph with them down to Egypt. Later, Reuben came back and went to the cistern. No, Joseph. He ripped his clothes in despair. Beside himself, he went to his brothers. The boy's gone. What am I going to do? They took Joseph's coat, butchered a goat, and dipped the coat in the blood. They took the fancy coat back to their father and said, we found this. Look it over. Do you think this is your son's coat? He recognized it at once. My son's coat. A wild animal has eaten him. Joseph torn limb from limb. Jacob tore his clothes in grief, dressed in rough burlap, and mourned his son a long, long time. His sons and daughters tried to comfort him but he refused their comfort. I'll go to the grave mourning my son. Oh, how his father wept for him. But back in Egypt, the Midianites sold Joseph to Potiphar, one of Pharaoh's officials, manager of his household affairs. So this story of of Joseph and his brothers Right. It has it has so many moving parts when we really get to reading it and thinking about it. And within this story, there's so many lessons about human nature that that could be examined. And one of the major parts that stands out to me every time that I study or read this story is how adamant his brothers were about getting rid of Joseph. Like they were so adamant about getting rid of him. Like at the beginning of the story. If you go back and read it, you'll see that they started with just wanting to, you know, throw him in a pit, you know, almost as like some bad, terrible joke, but throw him in a pit and leave him. Then they actually contemplated killing their own brother, like they said, their own flesh and blood. And then after realizing that, okay, how could we possibly kill our own flesh and blood? They thought the next best best thing is to sell him into slavery. And that's what they decided to go with, selling their own brother into slavery. And their only reason, when we read the story and think about it, the only reason that they had so much hate for their brother is because, one, the love that he received from his father, and then, two, his big dreams. They just couldn't understand his dreams. They hated that they had these dreams, so they used that hate to 
actually hate the actual person, which was Joseph. And the question that this brings to my mind every time is, how crazy is it that your dreams can make people so full of hate and envy that they actually want to get rid of you? And I think us being dreamers means we need to really understand how much of a reality that is. Your dreams will make people dislike you, even hate you. Even when your dreams are for the benefit of humanity, some people will still dislike you. We see this today with the way people push for civil rights, equal rights, human rights. We saw it back in the 1960s with the civil rights movement. That even when you're trying to do something to better the world and make people better people and make the world a better place, people will still find a way to dislike you. But guess what? Even though that's the reality we live in, that same reality is what we should use to push us forward to accomplish our dreams. We have to be able to withstand the hate, the disbelief and doubt, because when you do, you set an example for others to follow after you. But you also set an example for those who who claim to dislike you, or who claim to, to hate your dream and want to tear you down. You set the example that I'm able to feel my pain and even feel your pain and continue to press forward. And there's power in that. And so for this message, Feel the Pain, I want to look at the story of Joseph's betrayal in its entirety because this whole story illustrates a valuable principle that we need to stay reminded of. And that principle is that pain is a part of the process. And in fact, there can be no process without the pain. And not only is pain unavoidable or inescapable, we have to be able to endure and, like I said, actually be able to feel our pain, live with it, live with it, because this is an essential part of our growth to being able to achieve our dreams. We see this looking at the story of Joseph, because it's it's, it's honestly hard to imagine the reality he was living in. Think about it. His brother's older brothers, people he probably admired and looked up to, sold him out as a slave. They robbed him of his life and removed him from his family. And Joseph had to face that pain. He had he had no choice in these moments, right? As he's sold us to a slave, he's chained up, he's riding with some foreigners, people he doesn't know, he doesn't know where he's going. He had no choice to acknowledge that he was now in the worst situation he could probably ever imagine. And what's most interesting about this story is that we see no signs of rebellion. We see no signs of Joseph being angry. We don't see him fighting back. We don't see him pleading for his life. We don't see him giving up and and just saying, okay, whatever, my life is over. My dreams are wrong. He still had his dreams and those dreams never left him. And even though he was a slave in these moments, his purpose was still being walked out. And one thing for me personally that always surprises me about pain, even in my life, is how temporary it can really be. Because even in those seasons, when it seems as we've been down bad for months and ages and the storm just continues to brew and get worse, when it finally starts to calm down, the wind starts to calm, the waves start to calm, when it's all over, it's almost comical how we can look back and reflect on how fast time flies by. Have, have you ever done that? Have you ever been in, in, a, in a rough patch of life, a bad time, and then 
soon things do start to get better. You start to stabilize. You start to get some balance. And you know, when you're with friends or family and you're talking about it, you're like, wow, that seems like so long ago. I can't believe how fast time has flown by. When Joseph was sold as a slave, he for sure thought his life must be over. He must have reconsidered if he even remembered his dreams correctly and wondered if he had got it all wrong. But he was right on track the whole time. And so are you. Even when you're feeling pain, you're right on track. We can learn from this because our pain is also purposeful. We have to live a life that allows us to feel pain and keep pressing forward instead of searching for ways to to avoid pain. Because since pain is a part of life that we cannot escape, the only thing that we can change that we have control over is our perspective on our pain. And I can only imagine that Joseph himself was torn between how to accept his situation. But I think it was his mental capacity to handle pain that allowed him to overcome his circumstances. Like I said, we saw no fights of rebellion. And so for me, I think that you can either view your pain as pointless or you can view your pain as purposeful, especially when you have a dream. Because when we read the story of Joseph's sale to slavery, we're angry and we're devastated that his own family would treat him like that. But then at the end, the end is so important because at the end, we read that he was sold into a royal family. And that's where I think Joseph was smart, where he he tapped in a little bit because I think he, like I said, he had these dreams. We read in the first episode that he had these big dreams. He saw himself as some type of leader, some type of ruler, royalty, being important, having a significant purpose. And so even though he was sold into slavery, he sees himself being sold into this royal family. And I can only, I can only imagine that at some point Joseph had to say to himself, what if this is for a reason? What if this has a purpose? And I'm not saying that being sold into a royal family makes the situation okay or means his brothers weren't in the wrong because we all know that slavery, how harsh and terrible a condition that slavery is. It's still a terrible situation to be in. But like I said, our perspective on our pain is what matters the most. Joseph chose the purposeful perspective. He viewed his pain as a step forward instead of a step backwards or a reason to remain stagnant. He decided to make the most out of his terrible situation and was able to recognize that everything would be okay in the end. And these are the choices that are available to us each and every day. We can choose to feel our pain and press forward, and we can choose to accept that everything in our life is purposeful. So choose choose to accept that, that everything in your life is purposeful and not pointless. Even though sometimes it does feel like we just go through things, we, we find our way in hurtful situations, painful situations, and it seems like, okay, this is just pointless, you know? But there's a purpose behind it. Even sometimes that purpose is just to make you grow a little bit internally or to or to toughen your skin, harden your skin and make you ready for more challenges and more growth because there is something bigger on the other side of you. Like I said, your belief in yourself is the most powerful thing that you, that you can work on, that you can strengthen. That That is everything that you have that will be able to push you forward. So thank you so much once again for tuning in to Shape the Culture's weekly message. I hope you enjoyed this message. I hope it set a little bit of your soul on fire, if not your whole soul on fire. 
I hope it motivates you, motivates you throughout the week and it motivates you to share with somebody, set their soul on fire a little bit. Thank you once again. I appreciate your time. I'll talk to you guys next week. I love you all.